1: Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Ade. And this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast.
2: Hey, hey, hey. Hi, everyone. We are in Reunion Part 1, Season 14, Episode 18. Hi, Ade. I would ask how you're doing, but I know. But uh, do you want to share with the people how you're doing?
1: It got me. The COVID got me um so first off you guys i went to puerto rico and this is due to the show like i watched the show i watched it in puerto rico i'd been wanting to go to puerto rico and then you haven't gone and it reminded me that apparently everybody i know of god i went to puerto rico had a great time came Wait, back
2: sorry did you just say i haven't gone
1: you have gone yeah
2: oh it sounded like I haven't gone I'm sorry <laughs> I'm getting used to it. The voice. (laughs) (laughs) So after it felt like
1: everybody on the universe and God, I wanted to go. So I went to Puerto Rico. It was amazing. It was wonderful. I definitely want to go back one day. Um, But I came back and I didn't feel well and I took a COVID test and finally I have the COVID. So I spent the day in bed, but I, I woke up in time so that we could do this. Pray for me.
2: I'm praying for you. We're supposed to hang out this weekend.
1: <laughs> yes, I I was supposed to go to D.C. tomorrow for a wedding, a wedding that was postponed like two or three times because of COVID. And now,
2: yes, this is terrible. The irony. I know. I, I hope you feel better. It's just, I think there's a new strain, and I don't even know what the, the world is ending. I don't think we all just realize it. There's the strain. There's the monkey pox. There's all this stuff going on. It's too much. (laughs) Too much.
1: It is too much. But I'm vaccinated, boosted, and like, I don't know. I feel like I have like a bad cold, not even like the flu. So I count myself lucky.
2: Yeah, that's the silver lining, though. There's a lot of people who have been having COVID. It's not usually like the near-death experiences like it was in 2020. Or the death experiences like it was. (sighs) Or... Well, I mean, that's true. Well, I mean, if you had the death experience then there's no story. So if the story, then the story is near death. Yeah. <laughs> so thankful that it's just, you know, people feeling like either allergies or really bad cold or flu. So, yeah. Thank God it's also the weekend. Hope you get some rest, lots of fluid. Thank you. you.
1: I hope you guys could understand me and that we're not interrupted too much by me coughing randomly.
2: Our poor listeners—they listen to one or the other. Have a cold. The last <laughs> couple of, moments. but anyways, countdown to the end, guys. We have one more episode with you guys. But uh, Aid, any housekeeping you want to share, guys?
1: On Patreon, we just did Ninety Day Fiance, and you guys liked it so much. So, when we were thinking about what to do during what we like to call the off season. We will definitely be doing another 90 Day Fiance episode during the break. And we will also be doing Where Are They Now on Patreon. So if you would like to get more episodes after next week, go find our Patreon. Um, It is a link on our Instagram or patreon.com backslash altercallerMAFS.
2: Yeah, and to add to what Aid said for those of you who don't know, there's going to be part 2 of the reunion next week and then there's going to be a where are they now on the 1st of June. And the description I sent it to Aid earlier today was very interesting because they're following up on the Boston um participants, but then there was a line about dating former Mass participants and I'm just wondering how does that happen if they're in Boston did someone drive down to Another city, or are we talking about people who participated in Boston the first time? But no, because Jeff is with uh Shawnees, John is with the expert. <laughs> <laughs> who else was on that season? Ryan. Molly. Uh, I don't think Molly wants anything to do anything match related. <laughs> uh, Ryan, no one's and that's
1: it Ryan. because there were only three couples back then, yeah.
2: <laughs> so I'm like, is this a cross? City situation, or are we having people outside of the Boston city? And is the where are they now of just maps in general? Either way, we'll find out, we'll cover it. And like Aid said, it'll be on our Patreon. So, talking of all these people from these previous seasons,
1: Tane, what is going on on the socials with everybody?
2: See, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know how we do. Once the season is ending, we try to put them in the rear view mirror and then try to welcome space for the new people. So I've been looking less and less at the social medias, just ushering them out. But the biggest thing that I saw this week is that Michaela officially got divorced. So my first thought was, that's a long time. But she said something about, you know, she knew it was going to be a long time. And something, day 61 is... The timing, I don't know. I'm not gonna make up any details, but it was a good timing because she got her official divorce papers or got it officially that she's divorced on her birthday. So good for her, good for her for putting that behind her. Um, I saw
1: did like a video of him in the club like dancing celebrating the divorce.
2: Ah, interesting. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So I mean the other thing too was Michaela related, she hung out with Johnny. I don't know why I find that interesting because I guess they could bond over the fact that their exes were dating each other, but I just thought she wasn't hanging with anyone from the cast. So that was interesting. And then I know I've been seeing her in her new home. I just thought she rented something, but it looks like she actually bought a home and she's been um, filming a lot of home projects. So again, good for Michaela. Looks like she's moving on, moving upwards. Um, The only other thing was Rachel posted a reel of something about mentioning how she had a hard time adjusting after decision day. So even though she said yes, it was a different story um, after decision day. And this was before the reunion aired. So I think it was her way of saying, like, definitely not. It's not still going to be a yes for these people. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's all I had, really. Everything else is. The rest they were just posting about their kids and um I think I, I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but um Mika when they had that decision dish day special officially confirmed that she moved to North Carolina. I don't know if I mentioned that.
1: Oh, I had no idea. Uh. yeah,
2: Was <laughs> Was <it> I- <laughs> yeah, because I saw she'd been visiting, but I'm like, did she go? Or is she visiting? Is she not? But then she confirmed um, on the show that, yeah, she moved to North Carolina. So I guess she left the DMV. That's why I did too. Just peaced out of there. (laughs) And then proceeded (laughs) to be here every week. Every other week. (laughs) Until COVID was like, no, you cannot go back to the D.C. for the third time since you left.
1: Okay. (laughs) Alright, guys. So this I mean, Tate, What did you think of this reunion?
2: You know, at first glance, I want to be like, woo ah!" But when I think about it, there were a lot of moments where I was like, "Eh, can we skip, skip, skip?" So I don't know. Even Kevin was off his game. Dare I say? Did you feel that way? He wasn't asking the tough questions. Yes, he wasn't. But- he was um, he was being very after party ish, guest star ish. <laughs> <laughs> like, agreeing, I'm so happy for you, or I'm so this, and I'm like, if anyone was going to call a larger one out, I thought it would be you, but uh, didn't take that opportunity. Kevin didn't.
1: There's that. I did enjoy that. Like, I thought this was one of the better reunions. I feel like I was, like, <sighs> a couple times, which sometimes is more than we usually get.
2: <laughs> that is true. That is true. And I, I think it was just a general vibe of it all, like Kevin is back in the studio, they started with all of the couples together, that I really liked because in recent times they've had them separated and come together, then one random relative I mean, we still had that, but (laughs) 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 it's just been disjointed but I like the fact that they started all together, I thought that set the tone um, for the rest of the reunion
1: yeah, for so. a more reunion type atmosphere.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So we get started, and the first thing I noticed is that the women's dresses are all jewel tones, and I thought that was some great coordinating without matching. I don't know if they did it on purpose, but there were no patterns; they were all solid colors. I thought it was great.
2: They all look good, even the men. They all look good. Ooh, Mark's pants. Um, <laughs> um, it's a style, but I <laughs> no, think no, it like pulls those pulls it off. <laughs> Yes, that is the style. Like if you watch Love Island, that would not be strange. Anymore. Like in the UK, everything is slim fit. And that's just what he did. I thought the color, the everything. And then with the white sneaker, it was perfection. I, I liked it. Okay. It didn't
1: look bad, I would say. I was just like, I think this is too fashion forward for you, Mark. I don't, I
2: don't think you're that guy. I mean, he lost 40 pounds. He's looking good. He's feeling himself. He can be that guy. He should be that guy. He, you're right, you're right. I, don't, I think the interesting thing about him
1: losing 40 pounds is like, he looks good, but... I, I didn't like, see the I difference!
2: Yes, I thought he looked good before, I think is the best way to say it. I just didn't see the difference. Like, I can tell that he looks good. I just thought it's the weight of Lindsay off him. But, <laughs> like, no stress. Honestly, they all looked less stressed. This is how I knew, like, okay, this show really must be stressful because... They all look more relaxed and all that. Like Lindsay looked like, I'm not going to say she had like a facelift, but she looked refreshed is the yes, word that I, came to mind. And we so, could say it's
1: lighting or whatever, but I actually think it's more like everybody looked like they just enjoyed a day at the spa yeah. opposed to being run ragged. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's how they usually look, but,
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I mean, again, I'm not taking it away from him, but when he said the 40 pounds, I said, I remember, I was like, what did he look like before? Like, he's not, like, you know, fat or anything, but I just, I I couldn't really tell. But, oh, well, he looks good. But, all right. Kevin asks if it's Lindsay's
1: influence about the weight loss, and he says that she changed out the burgers for sushi, which was kind of credit, but kind of not credit, and everybody laughed.
2: (laughs) I mean, I think he can give her credit for that because they already started noticing his weight loss at the couple's retreat. And he wasn't eating carbs. And, you know, she was making all that less salt. You need to eat this. And she gave herself credit there. So, you know, it's just hard to give her credit because she doesn't wait for you to give it to her. She just snatches it from you. So uh-huh.
1: uh, so Kevin asks, how does it feel to be on the other side of the process to everybody? And Katina says it feels like a breath of fresh air. Steve says that whatever everything's gone, you could get to know each other on a different level. Kevin asks everybody what it's like watching the show and to like invite chaos. He starts with Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> there's some cloud music and she's like, there's good and bad times, and we can all learn a lot from watching ourselves on TV. Take note. Um, Cause I don't think that girl learned anything. Um
2: hey. I was just wondering what the good times were for her. Like what the when good times were. She was on hanging TV? out with the girls. On TV? Okay. I mean, when she was hanging out with the girls. <laughs> she still looked bad because she looked like she was lying to them. <laughs> Lindsay said that she
1: had decided that she was either gonna find the love of her life or learn about herself in this process. And she really takes some self awareness from this. And I'm like, I don't think you do, but okay.
2: It's like it was rehearsed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Eladjuan says it's a lot of self-reflection. Uh Kevin asks if it's strange to have your private life be so public. And Michael says, you know, people judge you from a 30-second soundbite, they like assume all kinds of things about you based on just like a short clip.
2: <laughs> Jasmine, I'm sorry. what every time they say things like that, <laughs> like on mouse. I feel attacked. Like they're talking about us. Like that's all we do is talk about them based on what we see. What well, what else are we supposed to judge them on? The things we don't <laughs> see? And it's like,
1: yes, it's a 30 second sound clip, but You said look, it. Look, there have been 17 two hour episodes of this show. Yes, we're judging you on clips, but it's not like there's none of them. And it's like it's not like we make a judgment and then we never change our judgment. We said all kinds of things about Michael at the beginning. And then we have that is true because he showed us more of himself
2: that is true
1: (laughs) Jasmina actually had Jasmina had the answer that shows that you might have actually taken something from this she's like damn girl your attitude is real crazy
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think she recognized it i don't think she's gonna change that honestly (laughs) she can't help herself she said, the, the next part I was
1: actually a little confused. She's like, the comments get to her and it's not like she needed to block people. But then there was that one, someone who she did block because they claimed to know her. Yes, that was that my again.
2: confusion. Oh, she said he didn't get to her. But she had to block one person because... They claimed they knew her. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, yeah. So, Lindsay... Okay. Kevin asked if the process was different from what they expected. Lindsay said she never expected to have to take the reins on so many difficult life decisions.
2: She knew it would
1: be work, but not three jobs. And
2: I'm just like... Can't help herself. (sighs) Just being a bitch straight out the gate, honestly.
1: I mean, it's an honest recounting of an experience, but
2: as usual, feels like a dig. It is a dig. Like, sometimes, again, it's not... What you're saying, it's how you say it. And every single thing cannot be some kind of subliminal message towards, um, Mark, because it is, it it wasn't any, which way you look at it, you could have just said, oh, I didn't expect that, you know, would be in some situations that I found myself in, but it's all good. And, you know, that's how life happens. But when you say, I didn't expect to find myself making life decisions when it didn't even happen to you, you're an asshole. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, yeah, Lindsay's an asshole. <laughs> oh, a lot like a one I really struggled because I did feel like he did have some self reflection. Um, he said that he thought he had life by the ball, and everything in his life was perfect, and then he saw the wedding and like everything is perfect, and then he had a wake up call really fast. <laughs> So then they show some unseen footage (laughs) and we get a honeymoon clip. Like these people really hate Alyssa because this honeymoon clip is like Katina asking all the girls how the activities were with their husbands the previous day. And Alyssa said that it was super fun. They played tennis, which was fun. And all of us recall what happened when they played tennis. (laughs) And then we see an interview with Lindsay where she says there are three sides to, this is part of the unseen footage. There are three sides to every story. Yours, mine, and the truth. Chris's story and the truth. And then there's Alyssa's that doesn't seem to add up. I think she's Mm -hmm. saying, that's a lie. Yes, lying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Then we see Chris in a gym with Olajuwon and Mark. And Chris is telling Olajuwon that Alyssa feels like she didn't get the guy she wanted. And she's missing out on the experience with everyone else and sharing dinners and meals and activities. And Mark and Elijah just have their, I could not believe what I'm hearing faces. And Chris tells them about the apartment plan to move in. Um, <clears throat> then they go back to Kevin and the assembly and Kevin asked Alyssa why she wasn't honest. And I'm like, why can't you just say lie? Like, why can't you say, why didn't <laughs> you lie? And she said she didn't feel comfortable sharing. And Chris says that he's not surprised. I thought he was going to say because Alyssa is a liar, but he's more charitable. (laughs) He said that Alyssa was done so early and to have the topics keep coming up and you just want to move on and talk about something else, which you know what? That does make sense.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Kevin asked, do you think that it's a false narrative that you just wanted to hang out with the experience or whatever. And she says, no, that's 100% false that I wanted to be with the other girls. And I was like, you said that wrong because you should have said, yes, that's a false narrative. (laughs) So she (laughs) kind of told on herself. (laughs) Um, The main reason that she wanted to split the apartment was that if they had to film, they would both live far away. They both live far away and it would be fair for them to like, only one of them to have to do the driving half the time. And moving into the apartment has no effect on relationships with the girls. And she had told them that, that they would still do dinners and like talk and everything. And that's it.
2: That's what happened. I really wanted to get a feel for where the girls stood with Alyssa. Because I don't understand how someone like, say, Jasmina would still be on the side of Alyssa. Because Jasmina seems to have low tolerance for bullshit. Um I don't know.
1: I, I I maybe it'll come up next week, but I I I guess they're friends with her. Maybe there's an Alyssa. I think my issue is I couldn't be friends with someone so stupid. And we'll go into later why I think she's really stupid. Um <laughs> I'm talking of girls who are clearly not on Alyssa's side, Kevin just stirring up trouble. Asked Lindsay, oh, because she's on Team Chris. Does she think this relationship failing falls on Alyssa or on both of them? And Lindsay, of course, says she thinks it's all Alyssa because she's never had an interaction with Chris where he wasn't genuine or honest or kind and she loves Chris as a friend and she's partial to him because she's gotten a chance to know him. I just felt like Lindsay's answer wasn't even that great. (laughs) I mean, what kind of answer is I like the other
2: guy? So I assume, I don't know. It was not a... I mean, I'll take it. If you ask me to list Lindsay's redeeming qualities, her dislike for Alyssa is a redeeming quality for me. Cuz she seems to be the only one willing to speak up and speak the truth about the rubbish that she did all season. I, I just the 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 what what do you call them, the group's um commitment to silence on Alyssa and not calling her out is very strange to me.
1: It is strange, but even okay. So then Kevin asks a larger one, What does he think about her effort? and he does kind of call her out. He says, You know, give him a chance, it's a learning experience. If you hear something from somebody, sometimes you gotta go to the source and hear it straight from his mouth.
2: But that's because so basically, was asked. Just, <laughs> yes, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like the groups are pretty outspoken, like they'll say things. With, uh, anyways I don't know maybe I'm thinking too much of it maybe I just dislike her a lot I don't know so we switch
1: to Steve and Noi and then we see the very awkward moment at the retreat with Lindsay asking a fool acting a fool and (laughs) there's the whole like Noi wants to stay at home but Lindsay asking about the one income family and then going in an interview talking about a jobless husband and a stay at home mom that
2: was a very weird transition might I ask (laughs) There was because, no transition. It was just like, that. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I thought that was a glitch. I had to rewind. I'm like, Elijah was speaking about something. And then next thing we just saw the footage about that. I'm like, okay.
1: So we talked to Steve. And Steve says, <laughs> basically
2: from the moment he
1: met Lindsay, he knew that he wouldn't mix well with her, so they should keep their energy separate. So at that moment, they were all on the retreat together. And he's like, maybe I can make a joke and we could get along. And she took it personally. And then they show the clip of him apologizing when she took his joke personally. And then they come back to Steve and she said, she came back around and says, Mark is going to be such a good father and he's going to change every diaper. And she's looking at me. And he says he knows what she's trying to do. And he had apologized. But she talks trash about people when they're not there and acts like a cool, and he wanted
2: nothing to do with that. So I have a question. What does Mark is going to be a good father and change every diaper looking at him? What is that implying? I wasn't sure, but I felt like it was some kind of dig. It was, but I don't get what the dig was. If it was about income, okay. But we can't make a dig at Steve about changing diapers when he's the one doing the labor in the house, in his house. So what is the dig? <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> I was like, did she really mean anything? I don't know. Okay.
1: So Kevin asked, Steve is like, Noy is close to Lindsay. How do you feel about this? And he <laughs> <laughs> said, on the plane to Puerto Rico. First thing I told Noy before the fight even happened is Lindsay seems like a great person, but don't tell her anything. She'll tell everybody. And on the honeymoon, Noi told Lindsay about the first time we had sex, and she went straight to her producer. And um, Lindsay is, like, making a noise, like, basically denying. And Noi says, well, that's what their producer told them. And Lindsay says something about how Noi told her when they were mic'd and on camera on the bus, and the producer said, don't forget you're on camera. So that's how that conversation came through. Steve says... It seems like when you're confronted, something excuses you. His producer says they got it from you. And she
2: says, I never talked about your sex life. But she said, and I noted, I did not tell anyone in this group about it, is what she said. And I'm like, the whole production crew? What? <laughs> I was confused. Did you mean the 10 people sitting here?
1: Or do you mean the entire Bath's group production, who I assume are also there?
2: Mm, I think she meant them. She told the producer. She didn't tell anyone in the group. Uh, Let's just say
1: I'm more inclined to believe Steve on these things. (laughs) 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 Because I don't think Steve ever had it out for Lindsay, but Lindsay seemed to have it out for everybody, including Steve. (laughs)
2: Lindsay is an equal opportunity sharer of pain. If I hurt, you damn skippy everybody's gonna hurt like I am. So if Mark pissed her off, how dare you be happy with your wife? I'm going to cause chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and she always goes for the jugular. And the fact that she doesn't recognize it is true. You tell her anything, she's ready with an answer. And she never takes accountability. She really, the funny part is she makes fun of Alyssa for always saying that, I think I've said this before. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. But she does it a lot. I guess. Yes. I think the mutual
1: dislike because they recognize the same traits in each other. <laughs> Kevin says, let's move on. And I was like, but why are we moving on? I feel like we could plug this a little further, but okay. <laughs> um, so they go into the couples one-on-one with Kevin or two-on-one with Kevin, I suppose. And Katina and Olajuwon are up
2: first. Sorry, before you move on, did you find it strange that Noy and Lindsay are friends? Like, I, I don't know why that was strange to me.
1: I think I find it strange. <laughs> I find it strange that Noah was close to anybody because it didn't seem like she was. <laughs> and then of all the people, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Lindsay has some. Maybe there is some Lindsay magic because <laughs> 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 because she ha- seems to actually have a lot of friends. She and Elijah are close. She and Chris apparently are friends. Like she, she's not a piranha and Like some of her behavior, you would think she would be. Yeah. Okay. So Katina Lodge One. Kevin says that their marriage journey is a rocky road and their playful nature made them fun to watch. They come in and say hello. This is where I'm like, I don't know if I like
2: the short wig on Katina. I think I like the long one better. I like this one. It's a different change. She's been getting a lot of heat for the long one um on the internet. Everyone's like, give it a wash and let it all out. It needs a good brush and stuff. But the wig was suffering like she was during the marriage too. So it was just reflecting its owner. It just needed a little wash. But I liked it. It was something different and I think it suited her. Okay. Made her look like a completely different
1: person. Um, Kevin, When they sit down, Kevin says he wants to be transparent. When he saw them, he thought there was no way in hell this was going to work. <laughs> Elajuba was too over the top. Katita was living her life. It's not gonna work. But then he found out that they balanced each other perfectly.
2: I don't agree. When these people say balanced each other, how are they defining balance? So one person taking the brunt? I, I guess. That's not balance.
1: Not balance. They show um Olajuwon's like magic bike moment at their wedding and Kevin asked Olajuwon if it was a bit too much and Olajuwon says you have to be yourself which I actually kind of agree with I don't like Olajuwon's self but if yourself is to take (laughs) it (laughs) close then go on ahead and be yourself Katina says in his defense he told her before he did it now she didn't know that he was
2: going to lift up his shirt (laughs) then what did he tell her? i don't know what he told that's him. the whole point dancing is not necessarily the issue it was just the whole extra nest the crotch the shirt or whatever that would be the thing to tell not oh i'm gonna dance on you that could mean anything <laughs> she just said she was she was like, telling them to turn her
1: mom around and they showed that <laughs> <laughs> then they showed a lot of before the wedding and um kevin asked if she was surprised when he cried before the wedding and she said she was surprised because she wasn't as emotional And then one explained that his dad passed away when he was 16 and his mom had health issues and it was a big moment and he didn't have any parents there. Then my heart broke for him. Um, Yeah,
2: that was touching.
1: He said that he believes his dad chose this woman for him and there were like big emotions. And Kevin says he understands. Uh, Kevin says to Katina at the wedding, he was very smitten and they show him talking about how pretty she is and how wonderful and blah, blah, blah. Um, Kevin asked if it made her feel good. And she says she likes the compliments like anyone would. Then the moment of truth, as far as I'm concerned. Kevin brings up the cooking. And they show a really bad package. Like, that package was terrible. Um, And you can see them watching the package. And then in the beginning, they're laughing. And then it gets real bad. And they're not laughing anymore. (laughs) So Kevin asks, how do they feel? And Olajuwon says he needs to watch his tone. But that's something he really asked for or wanted. But he went about it the wrong way. And he can't believe he was so stern and crazy about it. Kevin asks how Katina feels about it. And she says, it's a lot when you're doing your best and you're being told it's not good enough. And she wants to make it clear that she knows how to cook. There was one time where she cooked chicken in the air fryer and it wasn't wasn't cooked thoroughly and it
2: was that one thing and he was like, you can't cook at all. He didn't deny that. It was just that one time either, so inclined to believe her.
1: In in all cases, I'm inclined to believe her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kevin asked, does Olajuwon expect a hot meal every day now? And he said he has self-reflection, that she's a queen, and he has to be nice. And so now, you know, she cooks sometimes, but other times they go out to dinner. And they kind of mentioned that Katina does have, like, a food restaurant blog. So they have to, like, they go out and they do that stuff. Um, Katina says that her gut was telling her to be patient. And she always tells Olajuwon that he's not for a weak person. You have to be solid and confident in yourself to be with him it's just me but that sounds terrible
2: (laughs) I just I mean she can say it now because it worked it worked out or it's working out now but what if he didn't come around like I mean it's one of those things you know when people say I just knew but you you just knew because you're still together if you didn't know you won't say you just knew I mean it's just what it is but I mean in a weird way I could see them but I'm still very skeptical I just that we watch so much for me to think that in five months all of that is erased, I...
1: it sounds to me like like she has to demand respect because and fight for respect because he just won't give it to her, and that to me is like really bad. Like, why do you have to like be a strong person and stand up to him? Uh, why can't he just have basic respect with you without
2: it? Yeah, I mean on the bright side, she does seem more like herself. Like, there's two of them on the couch, and she's speaking, and we yeah. can hear her say things, you know? And he's, <laughs> <laughs> and he's keeping quiet and actually letting her, actively letting her speak, and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's progress, but I, I shouldn't count that as progress. Like, <laughs> you know? So, you know, if she's happy, I love it.
1: <sighs> no. Kevin, <laughs> I I don't know when or if I will ever be supportive of this because I just don't like it. I think Kevin asked Katina if it was hard for her to hear Olajuwon doubting um, about something. I don't know. She said she was hurt, but she knew. And if they said yes on decision day, that they need more time, and if they could just get away from the cameras and see what it's like on an everyday basis. Um, Kevin asked Olajuwon well, you doubted her. Is there something you could do now to give her validation that you believe in her? Then it was like the weirdest edit because he gets down on one knee and she's having what I'd like to call a noy like reaction. And then we come back for commercial and then he's not on a knee anymore. He's next to her on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Tayden, I think there was some weird editing going on here.
2: There was. There was. Because yeah, you There should
1: have right. been like an after the break and then showed that,
2: but they didn't. Yeah. She was back on the couch and then he said some more things, but yeah. I mean, so, it's maths. So they come back from commercial, he's back on the
1: couch and he says, he's looking at her face and he's like, you know, my motto is always work hard today and focus on tomorrow and she bodies that and you taught me patience and effort are the key tools. He could be happier to call her his wife and then he gets on one knee and he has a ring and she's just she's speechless. She just cries. She doesn't even say anything. And then she says, I'm speechless.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then she finally managed to get out that her gut was telling her, don't give up on him. Don't throw in the towel. And then he compliments her for always treating Isaac and Olajuwon as the same person. And that when everybody has the Twitter fingers, it's easy to follow people's words. She still speaks just And then she's like, this is a big-ass ring. Which is the truth. That is a big-ass ring. Kevin admires the ring, too. Mm-hmm. Kevin asked her what it means to give her the ring and he said it was more than just the marriage it was himself, he had to learn about himself and she showed him the gray areas of his life that he needs to work on and she says I love you and she says it's the first time she said it and he says it back
2: that was strange <sighs> weird how, I do we believe that's the first, I mean I I do believe it's the first time actually but I still think it's strange that she hasn't said it in six months i i don't know and they live together <laughs> kevin
1: asks if he knows how lucky he is to have this woman he says yes she's his backbone and if he had any advice for anybody he would say be your true self and know what you're coming here for for at first sight he's very excited
2: <laughs> i mean i noticed that they didn't even bother asking if they were together right from the beginning of the reunion when the whole group was there she was already clutching his arm and he was holding her knee. But, um... Are we surprised that Eladjum proposed? I mean, he wasn't gonna let Steve upstage him. <laughs>
1: I feel well, like... I don't know. The first times I watched Mavs, like, I remember when Bobby proposed to Danielle at mm-hmm. Dallas's decision day. I thought it was the cutest thing in the world. I've watched too many seasons of this show. It's it's like... What well, it used to be, like, a cool night surprise is now, like seen it before
2: <laughs> um why didn't Elijah want get a sponsored ring um I don't know we didn't get it I was really waiting for the name on the box because I saw it was red and I was like we're gonna get three in one season but we didn't get a name so I'm inclined to believe that he bought the ring himself
1: yeah you know Elijah has a job so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you would not be taking shots at my boy <laughs> And if Majumar went out and bought that big ass ring, because it looked very big, Um, good for him. I don't know, whatever it is, but that's why it's so big and so like, whatever. I don't think it's, yeah. Anyways, Um, I feel like a lot of what Katina was experiencing was a lot of relief flowing through her body. Like, oh my God. Because I think at some point she made a comment about not looking stupid. It's just like, oh my God, thank God this paid off. Like, <laughs> she recognizes, like, a lot of the things. And it can't be easy. Because a lot of people were tough on her and all that stuff. So her being happy, I hope to God she's genuinely happy, is her just being relieved. Like, oh, I got the ring. And, I you know, for a lot of people, as long as you get the ring, that's the end game. So anyways. I wish for more for Katita, But I also know that you can't wish for more for people than <laughs> that they, want, than for they want for themselves. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I'm team if she likes it, I love it. Like I nothing love crazy. I wish she <laughs> wanted something better. So Kevin tells us that they have to show a clip that we never saw, and it's when Pascal came to see them a few days after they moved in together. one is complaining about her not keeping her word and how he got out the shower and she said she'd be ready for him, but she wasn't. And Pascal is like, huh? Well, it what what was it? And then they laugh. So Kevin comes back and says Pascal didn't want to know, but I do. Like, what was it? They still play koi. And okay, from my assumption, apparently they were doing things because Elijah one says that they had nightly routines and it was his nighttime relaxation. But I have thoughts on that. The fact that Katina had no idea what it was. How do you forget something like that if it was? Katina was just like, what was it? And then she had this blank stare as he kept giving the coy smile and coy thing. And she kept looking like, huh? What? But Katina is also, I'm not gonna embarrass my man in public. She just let it go. Was I the only one who was like it's blowjob, right? I mean, I, I was actually thinking hand job. Okay. <laughs> one of the jobs. <laughs> one but- <laughs> of the jobs. <laughs> But the fact that Katina was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, like, how do, you, yeah, how do you forget? And then he said it was a that they had their nighttime routine. So whatever it was, they did every night and Katina just conveniently forgot? And then when the presser call was there, she said something about, oh no, he misunderstood the situation and all that. So if it was a routine, what does he misunderstand? I don't know. There's something about that that was kind of like, mm What's going on? Since when has a logic one shied about talking about anything? Also.
1: It was... Um, I don't know really why they put that in. Because it's a weird mystery
2: that we never solved and that didn't really get it. And then because they... And when they found out they really didn't tell us, they should have just cut it out. It was pointless. There was no payoff on that. So Kevin says it's interesting how they vibe. Um, and then things went dark because they switched... <laughs> They switched to the one month anniversary and then I started to think, is it better that they brought this after the proposal or should they have just gone through that first <laughs> <laughs> and cleared all the moment. <laughs> 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 and they brought up the dating app. So Kevin asked him if he overreacted. Um, to his credit, Elijah wanted to say that he did and it was wrong how he brought it up. He asked, you know, Kevin asked Katina, that, does she ever worry that this could happen again, the way that he blew up and reacted? And she says no. But I think she should look deeper as to why Kevin asked that question. <laughs> because who's changing that quickly in how many months? But okay. A large one says that he watches these clips and it stays with him for weeks because he wonders how... He had all these people around him and no one told him that he sounded like an ass. I would like to object to that statement real quick because (laughs) I believe that Dr. Viviana said something. I believe that Pascal was like, you don't want to look like you're in the caveman ages. I believe Dr. Pepper tried to tell you that you were making your wife feel small and you almost jumped down her throat for that. I believe that Lindsay even said something like, "Uh, you can do that, you can do this and you are not having it so not cool to kind of blame the people around him or the crew or whatever. The one weren't people he was mad about when he said it was a he said, she said situation. So... So yes. I, that's
1: why, like, a lot of ones, like, growth and stuff, I'm like, but why could any of this have... Why? Well, I guess you have to watch yourself. Maybe that's it. Because yeah. you're right. Everybody told him, and he just
2: didn't really seem to take it in at all so i I don't know that's another thing i feel like this would have been a good segue for kevin to be like oh but now do you see what dr pepper was referring to when she said this because then you kill two birds with one stone that's one person that kind of told you that you were being an ass and that was someone saying that you were and that's proof that now when you watch the back do you think that you were putting your wife down but i don't know kevin has now been stolen from us we don't have the kevin we used to have <laughs> so kevin is really loving olajuan and says you know he loves how one took this seriously and that's what this show is about you know for all of one's faults i do want to say i agree with kevin one did take this process seriously he was very intense about it in the wrong way but i do think he was committed to the process would you agree i would agree um
1: I You should come in committed to the process, committed to making it work with the person that they chose for you, you know, to an extent. But, like, I can't really give a lot amount of points for, like, the bare minimum, because there's... What you do in the process matters, too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. He, I, I, I don't... Yeah. It's interesting mm-hmm. that, like, in the beginning... I think there was that one friend who was like, "Are you here for the right reasons?" type talk, and then <laughs> that never came up again because, whatever Elijah wants, fault I don't know. I never thought he uh, he was here for the wrong reasons, so whatever that means.
2: Yeah, I know it's so weird, especially when we get to Alyssa and the whole wrong reasons, right reasons. I'm like, guys, save that for the Bachelor. We don't <laughs> cross pollinate languages here, so. So Elijah once starts giving advice about, you know, for others who want to go through this process, don't judge a man that's being himself, understand him, and know him, that, you know, they've seen a lot of things on the internet, and because she didn't listen, she's smiling, and she has a rock, like, you know, be scared of the guy that hides his secrets, not the man who shows you who he is, and Kevin is agreeing with him, and I'm like, What? This like, sounds like
1: terrible advice.
2: <laughs> terrible advice. You should be scared of the guy that hides his secrets and the man who shows you who he is. Because if he shows you a red flag, recognize the red flag and do something about it. <laughs> I'm also not in love with the idea. Like, I get it.
1: Internet keyboard warriors are, are of limited use. But, like, if your friends and family, I don't know what Katina's friends and family think of a large one. Maybe one day we'll find out. But ignore the noise. Sometimes there's something to the noise.
2: Listen, listen listen to the noise even if you're not listening to the noise half the time you were crying and you were made to feel less than you can't live life you can't travel you can't have kids in two years your food is inedible your food uh, <laughs> listen there was enough <laughs> there was enough stuff but again if she likes it i love it and i hope he's redeemed it's just i'm, I'm proceeding with caution so we learned also that a one sold his house because he had too much history in the house um and you know isaac is out isaac is dead and gone and they just want to start a fresh so right now they're in an apartment a part of me was just like it's a seller's market you better sell that house and get that money <laughs> <laughs> history or not so kevin says he's happy for them and alajuan says that you know no one in the group knew about his proposal but then we come back from commercial backstage and they're all saying we knew i'm like okay who's telling the truth and (laughs) we see Jasmina emotionally hugging Katina. Like, she was, like, shedding tears. I like their relationship. It's pretty cool.
1: I was shocked that he sold his house. I mean, the market is definitely, this is the time, but, and they moved into an apartment together. I, I, there was something about when they toured his house that made me think, this man will never give up this nasty house, and uh, (laughs) he did. So, you know what? Points to Elijah Wad. I'll give the boy I can. Yeah. I
2: mean, the, the jury's out. I don't know if it, like, I want to believe that he's turned himself around. It's just really hard to believe. Like maybe if it was a year or something, but it's been five months. So time will tell, but we'll be right back, guys.
1: Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day, or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earnin In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation.
2: Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EarnIn app, type in Altocall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Altocall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings location, daily max and pay period max. See earnin.com TOS for details. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC.
1: And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code altercallMaths at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A L T A R C A L L M A F S for 15% off today.
2: And we are back. So Alyssa and Chris come out. And Kevin asks them what it's like being together. And they're like, they're fine to hang out. Because, I mean, they've seen each other since filming ended. And they all hang out as a group. So they're cordial. I mean, that's good, nice, I believe. So Alyssa Alyssa says she wants to say something before they continue and that she came into this whole experiment with the purest intentions. And when it didn't work out, she panicked and didn't handle things as well as she could, but she's grateful for what she learned, which is what. And also I take offense at the fact that this girl always says this didn't work out for both of us. Why didn't it work out? She acts like, Something happened to her, but it was of her soul doing. She just (laughs) didn't want to get to know him. (laughs) So she just wants everyone to know that she came for the right reasons. Kevin asks if she wishes that she had given him a chance and she starts pussyfooting around. I don't, let me just say that this segment was unnecessary. It was boring. I didn't get anything out of it. It's nothing we haven't anticipated. It was pointless. I agree up to a point. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So she does say that Chris was not her physical type and other things happened besides the attraction. Kevin says, like, what? She brings up the groomsmen situation. Girl, you had six months to think of something else. Like, at this point, the groomsmen situation is moot. Chris says there's a lot of things that he didn't see until it aired and they showed her berating him to the producers. And if he had known that, he would have ended it sooner. He said, <laughs> he said he didn't realize the extent. And when you say stuff like that about somebody, you are not worth his time. So she says, she claims, let me change that. She claims that she wasn't aware of what she was saying or doing <laughs> because she was in a really bad mental space. You know, when things happen and then, I'm not going to say. I'm just saying, like you're like this
1: segment was completely <laughs> unnecessary, but it wasn't. For someone to come out and say I, I sort of understood what she was saying, but the part that I couldn't quite get over is okay, you had an opening statement. In that opening statement, you could have apologized for the things you said.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't. She's not sorry. If she could do it all over again, she probably would. And also, going through a tough time is not an excuse to be a shitty human being. Because if that's the case, we would all be shitty human beings to each other. And also, it wasn't like this huge bad thing that happened to you. You just met a man you weren't attracted to. Oh (laughs) my god. (laughs) Anyways. um, Kevin asked her about the honeymoon. And when you saw him at the altar and you knew that, you know, he wasn't what you were looking for, why did you go on a plane when you already knew? And she said, because she thought that's what she had to do. I mean, I think that's fair, but did you ask? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? This is one where I was like, Alyssa,
1: I do understand.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think this is fair, but I just feel like she's a very determined person. If you didn't want to go, you could just stay behind, but okay. I I will give her that, that, that.
1: yes, that you didn't, sorry, I can't get words out. It's okay. Go ahead. There's an expectation to the process. Now you already skipped one by not spending the night in the same room together, but it's not like you have a lot of time to think. Like it's like wedding that maybe one day and then you go on a honeymoon. So I could totally understand like getting on the plane to go into Puerto Rico, feeling like that's something that you are contractually obligated to
2: do. I would like to point out that in the Houston season, when Zach got COVID, Michaela could have just stayed there, especially if she tested, like, you know, negative and just hung around and done nothing and spoken to the producers and eaten her salads, but she flew home. So I don't understand why, (laughs) if you knew nothing was going to happen, you had to do it. They could easily have had you guys stay in Boston and filmed you guys, like, meeting up, trying to figure out what we're doing moving forward and planned activities locally but mm, thinking you had to go on the plane mm, mm, don't know about that chris calls out the language change process which i thought was brilliant cuz i didn't notice but he says that once he because kevin asked him when he noticed that you know she was out he said once the language started to change from this experience no from this process to this experience i just want to experience and you know we've known that the producers are team chris and they back him up they they roll that beautiful B footage they did <laughs> <laughs> so they play a, an unseen footage of Alyssa saying that she didn't want to speak to an expert and she was yelling like why haven't they flown down here and they were like oh do you want to uh, FaceTime and she's like no I don't want to FaceTime I don't want to talk to them I hate them and all I really could think was you mean that the footage that we saw was not the worst of Alyssa <laughs> like there's more there that they're more. holding back <laughs> so Kevin asked her what that was about and she said well she thought that she trusted the expert and at that point she just felt like they didn't give her what she asked for in all aspects not just physically on one hand, Alyssa is being a big bratty baby. On the other hand, I got a little bit of joy of someone calling out the experts because it's about damn time.
1: We say it all the time. Why are <laughs> they not there?
2: I don't even mind that. but Although I, I, I haven't changed my mind. I think there should be one expert on site all the time because I'm just thinking, who's going to fly all the way to Puerto Rico? I mean, it's a good destination or whatever, but they usually let them be during their honeymoon. But I think I was more in glee about her calling them out for giving her someone that she didn't ask for physically. Because they do that a lot.
1: I thought to myself, are you at the McDonald's drive-thru? Like, they did not give me
2: what I ordered. You so crazy. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think these people consider it. It's like having a child. When you say you want a child, you don't know what you're going to get. You just want a child. And your job as a parent is to just... Love what you get in the form that it comes with. When you sign up for Married at First Sight, the whole entire premise of this show is that you don't know what you're going to get. It could be bad. It could be good. So you should prepare yourself for both. I, we've had, what, 14 seasons now? We've seen someone ask for someone there specifically said, I do not want a bald person. And they gave them exactly that. <laughs> if you're not willing to take that risk... Don't do it. <laughs> Go to the apps. <laughs> Pick what you want a la carte. <laughs> so, Alyssa says the biggest thing she learned from this entire experience was to be mindful of what she says and to try to be a good person because what is Alyssa without mentioning a good person? Chris says that he's been dating um and now he knows exactly what it is that he doesn't want. Thankfully, it was kind of short, I think. So Kevin said thank you, and then they left. And then we return with Jasmina and Michael. I, I just okay. have one more thing on oh, okay. um, yeah, on those two.
1: Okay. So the thing that I blew my mind about Alyssa and Chris is she he specifically pointed out that she called him a used car salesman who sells houses. Yeah. And even then, she could not turn her face to say, I am sorry for saying that about you. Because she's not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, and this is why I said she's stupid. Because even if you aren't sorry, if you go on national TV and have the audacity to say, I had no idea what I was saying. I was so upset. You should be able to apologize. just to, Even if you're not sorry, just to make yourself look good. To yeah. make yourself look a little bit better. And she's too stupid to even do that. <laughs>
2: I don't is stupid the word or just yes. not compassionate?
1: From a PR perspective, I think stupid is the word. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> well, I'm just glad their segment is over, but unfortunately they're coming back. Although the preview, she's saying, oh, I feel her tat. So I'm looking forward to that. Um. So we have Jasmina and Michael next, and Kevin starts immediately by reminiscing about their wedding day listen, their wedding day was great and all. I'm sick of it. That's all they go back to. It was the best day. It was so much fun. But we've seen it so many times because it was their best day that I don't have any feelings towards this anymore. So they talk about the incident where she said he was talking to her crazy. Um, Michael said he was taken aback by the word aggressive. And Jasmina, I stand by it. (laughs) Jasmina says, I, and he told me that he didn't like the word, especially as a black man, but she's a black woman. So she understands what it could mean. And I was so disappointed in this. Like, listen, I understand. She's a black woman, but she should really, really understand the gravity of saying, using the word aggressive, especially when we didn't have video footage, because I'm not going to lie when we talked about it. When that happened and she was like so aggressive and all that, I, my mind went to the worst because I'm like, it had to have been so bad for her to be like so rattled about it. And I can also understand why he felt like this is terrible because, you know, remember Olajuwon's reaction to Dr. Pepper? I mean, she wasn't trying to imply anything, but him just realizing like, oh my God, what is what could this be? interpret it as like what does this paint me as because it's not just behind the scenes it's in front of the entire world yes
1: yes and i wish you're right at the time i was like if that's the word if, if jasmina wants to use the word that she thinks describes it best maybe we shouldn't word police but the way you just put it i'm like no have a little awareness And also, was your purpose, if if your purpose was just to get him to change the way he spoke to you, using a less charged word might have been more effective.
2: Yeah, like your tone was... Why is aggressive the only word coming to mind? (laughs) 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 I didn't appreciate your tone. Your tone was, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I understand that using the traditional dictionary word, aggressive might be the right word. And this brings me back to Real Housewives with Beverly Hills. When Crystal kept saying, my privacy was violated, I was on the side of, she can use the word violated. Like, her privacy was violated. That is what it was. And the argument was, it's just a very charged word. So, I don't know. I don't know. But it's also, I'll be, uh...
1: The dynamics of Crystal saying the word violated when she's an Asian woman dealing with a white woman Are different from the dynamics. Yes. And the repercussions of just being a saying aggressive about Michael on National Television.
2: Yeah. A black man. Yes. So, and I think it was just worse because she's like, I understand the word. And I still stand by using the word. And I'm like, oh God. (laughs) Well. So she says that she remembered him agreeing with her. But I think what she remembered, and what I remembered was him saying, like, I can, I appreciate you saying like, you didn't like my tone, but to say that I was being aggressive, I don't know. And, and, you know, what doesn't help is we saw their picnic date with Mr. Feeney and he was just talking regular to me and she's like, what's your tone? And I'm like, Whoa, wait, what? (laughs) So I don't know. And you remember her friend was like, you don't like any tone. So, (laughs) (laughs) so anyways. But yeah, I don't, it's just tough because I don't want to be like, if that's how she felt, I'm not trying to like dismiss it or anything, but I understand both sides. I hate when people do that, but I kind of do. But um, she said she remembered him agreeing with her, but then the next month he didn't want to speak to her because she, because she used that word. And I feel like that gave us some insight. Like we knew during the season, they kept saying stuff like how they didn't speak for a month. And we're like, what? But I don't think the show really did a good job of conveying the fact that they didn't speak from... <laughs> and they so, lived
1: they say they didn't speak, but clearly during filming they would speak. If it was any time outside of filming that they would not speak. So so it was hard to convey the story of people not
2: speaking when the only footage you have of a, is of them speaking. But honestly, even the fact that they didn't speak outside of filming, that's still a lot. That's deep. <laughs> Oh Yes, yes, yes. But I'm
1: just saying like, how can you tell us they're not speaking when you show up to film? That's the times when they do actually speak.
2: Yeah. So when, so I'm, so anyway, I made the note. I was like, so when they said they didn't speak, they didn't for real, for real. Wow, that's crazy. So Michael said he felt like at the time they didn't have the tools and he was freaked out. And he didn't know, like, the reason for why he wasn't speaking to her. And he didn't know how to navigate it so that she doesn't call him aggressive again, which I think is valid. Like, again, I really feel like that picnic date gave a little more context because he was asking her, how can I approach stuff? He even asked her friends during the Friends and Family, what is the best way to communicate with her? Like, Michael was really trying to respect her feelings, but she wasn't helping in giving him tools on what she could receive. So, I mean, the easy thing to do is just not speak. Like, why would I speak and get a chance of you labeling me something else? And you call me that word again that I hate so much. So, lose-lose situation. So, they say that Dr. Viviana's exercise helped them have a breakthrough. I'm happy for Dr. Viviana, like, to show, like, you know, the experts really work, you know? Yeah, they do work. (laughs) Occasionally. Every now (laughs) and then jasmine is like everybody needs to start doing um that exercise so you know they said they got to a good place because they started sharing of themselves they started being vulnerable and then it just kept progressing more and more and kevin said the thing that we all want to know is if you're still together and
1: they're you know the way they're sitting on the couch next to each other I am thinking, I believe in you guys. You're still together. And she turns to Mike and she says, I'll let Mike answer that. And Mike says, we're not together. And Jasmina is smiling. And I'm like, is it a joke? Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) They are really not together. And in this moment, I'm heartbroken. Um, (laughs) He says, after decision day, about 12 days, maybe two weeks, he's like, this isn't really working. So he called Jasmina and he says, I... Um, need validation and there's certain things I needed and, you know, I'll get them for you. So Kevin says it was the romance. Like (laughs) Kevin really inserted himself here because he's like, (laughs) you know, once you, um, Mike said, once you take out the fact that we're married and we have vows, we don't really have anything to hold on to. And Kevin was like, oh, it was the romance because that was missing for you.
2: Um, Kevin asked Jasmina, sorry. Let me ask a question while you're here. Um, Aiden, I wanna ask, do we really think that Kevin doesn't know the status of the relationships? Mm. This is my
1: thing. Unless Kevin is making two batches of questions, one batch for if they're together and one batch for if they're apart, of course he knows the answer to the question. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? How would he know what follow-up questions to ask? Like, he's not. Oh. Kevin is not coming up with questions on the fly, right? Yeah. Come, the producers and Kevin come up with questions before they sit down to take this. Mm. So unless they give Kevin two sets of questions, questions for if they're apart and questions for if they're together,
2: I'm assuming he knows the answer, because he has to ask the right questions. That's true. And then he did ask the leading question for Elijah one's proposal. So... Yeah. Okay. Got it. Kevin asks
1: both of them, if they wanted to work. Mike says, of course. And Jasmina says, "Um, after D-Day, I'm sorry. Mike Mike says after D-Day, he didn't feel like Jasmina wanted it to work. Jasmina goes on a spiel where she's like, I thought I was putting in more effort than he was. She was texting him every day. He came over to her house only one time. They got into a nasty argument because he said she wasn't putting in any effort. She didn't have time for this. If he wasn't going to ask, Mike says that because the argument didn't go the way she wanted to, that's why they broke up. And Mike is like, so we broke up based off that one conversation? Which (laughs) is a good question because that's a lie. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that that conversation was the excuse she was looking for to stop what she didn't want to be doing anyway.
2: Well, but then again, he's the one who broke things off. But I do feel, though, that Jasmina seems so focused on being right Than actually like compromising with her partner in a relationship. (laughs) But it reminds me of something a listener sent um, some time ago that I don't know. I think I missed it or maybe it was in the matchmaking special. I'm not sure. We're watching this year, guys. We're watching next season. But that the listener said that most of her past relationships have been long distance. So this is quite different for her. And it's hard for her to form an emotional connection where she doesn't have that barrier That she usually gets from a long distance relationship. Or the excitement you usually get from a long distance relationship. So like
1: every time you see each other, it's a vacation. Yeah. So. They have a conversation about friendship. (laughs) Kevin kind of accuses Jasmina of making Mike just a friend. And in her defense, she's like, plenty of people are friends before they go romantic. And Mike was like, it was two months. And she says, That seems short to you because you're used to going off the physical first, but that's not me. No. Nah.
2: Um
1: Kevin talks about oomph. I think oomph is supposed to be a, I don't know, a a, a word for spark, maybe. <laughs> And she says that they just didn't have it, and after the first month, she was turned off. Kevin says that Jasmina was never into Mike romantically, and she's like, "Yeah," and I said it <laughs> over and over again.
2: And she admits that she said it too much. <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't think this is one of Jasmina's finest moments. She was being very Lindsay like. How was she being Lindsay like? Just like. Making sure, like, like, that's what I mean by why I said that she seemed more focused on being right. Like, I'm always truthful. I'm always honest. At least I said it. I didn't like you. I don't. He's still a human being that actually liked her. So when you're trying to make the point that you were right, I was right. See, I said it. When Kevin said that, yeah, and I told him that, and he knew that. But all the whole time, he thought we were working towards something. But when you're saying this to prove that you're so real and, you know, you were honest... You already knew that it was a dead end. Yes, and then she kind of like, she kind
1: of tried to flip the script, because she tried to say, well, Mike wasn't vocal enough, and Mike said she wasn't receptive, and it just seemed like a huge misunderstanding, or.
2: Honestly- Did you think it was a misunderstanding or something else? No, I did not. Because this is where Kevin comes with his bullshit notion that he did with Haley and Jake to tell Jake that he didn't have swag and he didn't put enough romance. You cannot romance someone who does not want to be romanced. Why would I waste my time? (laughs) (laughs) Why would I waste my time? And I don't like when he does that. Like I I had the same um, stance then. Haley was already turned off from Jake. There was nothing on God's green earth Jake could have done That would have made it happen is what they call the ick and that's what jasmina had like she already had the ick for michael it didn't matter what he did and he was right if she didn't have anything on the anniversary dinner which he seemed to really enjoy there's nothing else to be done so what is he putting effort for he ain't no chump jasmina's defense
1: for this is that she has all types she never said she had a physical type and I was so confused by that defense. I was like, but what does you not having a physical type have to do with the fact
2: that you were never attracted to Michael? I think Kevin actually asked that, but the question is, did you did you have anything for this guy in particular? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I give her kudos. like she wasn't like Alyssa where I was like, well, this is never gonna happen, so I'm gonna bounce. Like I feel like she did try. I think she wanted it to be because they do have laughs and he's a good guy and all that good stuff. but I mean, good for her. She's going to find her person in a year, and for Michael, I guess, five years. So.
1: I find According it, to... <laughs> the maths, and I say it, I think, every season. When you are not attracted to the person they picked for you, what is the best course of action?
2: And Justina's course is not the worst course. It's you know? not. It's not. Because you never know. She's never the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wasn't mean about it I know I feel like this was it wasn't so terrible but I feel like this was just the worst reaction just trying to say I said this I did not or whatever but she wasn't mean about it because I think if it was someone like Lindsay she would have just been like I'm not even attracted to you you don't make my vagina wet wait Jasmina did say that she sure did <laughs> say that <laughs> but she wasn't mean about it I feel like she was respectful about it and I think honestly that might be the best it's not the worst but honestly it might be the best course of action. Stick it out, be friends and see how it goes and stay within your boundaries. Don't be like Haley and say let's just have sex and knock it out and see what happens. That just that's just worse cuz that that is what sent Jake down a spiral. <laughs> <sighs> so Jasmine and Mike
1: are glad that they could say be in the same room without it being tension. She says he's a very great guy. He's super funny and he's a great friend. I was like maybe they will be the first couple in Maps history. Who are actually friends? I don't think so, though. Um, Kevin asks if Jasmina has started dating. She says, "No, I have not." She says, "Have you gone on a date?" She says, "No." He's very pushy about this.
0: Mm-hmm. She's not
1: closed off from dating. She's open to it, but it's not like she's on the apps. It's more like, "Let's go out and see who I can meet." He asks Mike, "Have you started dating?" Um, Kevin pushes as if he's been on dates. He says, "No dates." Then there's this whole thing about how someone piqued your interest. I wonder if this will be part of this Where Are They Now? <laughs> the way Kevin was being pushy about it, he he knows something. So he hasn't been on a date, but someone has piqued his interest. Okay. He asks if he'll ask Jasmina for help. And Mike is like, no, I have enough sisters. <laughs> and Jasmina's like, I am his ex-wife. I don't know if I'm the greatest for this. Kevin, but she's open to it. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin is like me. He's disappointed uh, in this, but he thanks them for coming. um, And then I'll be back later for the group one.
2: When Michael said he's not dating nobody significant enough yet, I'm like, this man is about to be in the doghouse because clearly he's dating someone, but he doesn't want to put it out there. But that person is going to read it like, oh, I'm not good enough for you to say, like I'm your girl or we're talking over there. So I see seriously think we're gonna see this odd on, on something really michael seems so private like it took him so much time to open it up that i don't know okay i can't wait now all right you guys we'll be right back
1: all right guys we are back with noi and steve he asked how they're doing they're good once again, with Katita and Lajawad, we are just assuming that they're still together. <laughs> um, He says that they slid seamlessly into marriage. And is it because they trusted the process? No, I said she thinks so. She said even if she thought it wasn't quite the right match, she would have tried. I feel like this was like a dig to Alyssa, intentional or unintentional. <laughs> Steve has this thing about how once he met the person, he could think about the future. Um, they talk about the the weird honeymoon where, I love you moment where Noi kind of like, said that she was falling in love and he was like, okay. Um, I feel like Steve was very regretful about it and I was like, no, I think your reaction was. is pretty good. I know. <laughs> And then he did that whole picnic to say, I love you. So they talk about that too. Um, And that he was the first to say, I love you. I feel like Noi is really proud that he was the first to say, I love you. And she wants everybody to know that he was the first to say, I love you. She didn't say it first. (laughs) She said it so many times. She
2: is. (laughs) She is proud of it.
1: Kevin does ask if they're happily married and they say, of course we are. They make a big joke about it, but it was kind of a strange question. I felt why because i feel like the preceding questions all assume that they're still together i don't know <laughs> kevin asked if she's officially noy boy and she <laughs> says it's not official she's still warming up to it and she's not sure about taking the last day um he asked are they living together that's a good question um they did move in but noi kept her apartment Basically, she's over at his house six nights a Well, she's at their place six nights a week. And then one day in the week, she's at her house. I don't know. Does that seem like strange to you?
2: Yes, because if you're concerned that he ain't got no money, why are we paying two rents?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Steve seems unconcerned about it. And I can understand. Like, if someone says, I want to live separately, but then they're at your house six nights a week, I wouldn't be too worried about it either. Um... (laughs) She's like, I have the security I need, and they're in counseling. She's going to his family events. Like he, he feels secure despite their living situation. And I guess that's kind of what you were looking for during the show.
2: <laughs>
1: we talk about Steve and his lack of job. From the word go, I have said I have prayed that Steve would come to this reunion with a job. But it's almost better what he does come with, which he's like. We've talked about it. He has a deadline. He's like, well, it's not a deadline. It's more like if X, Y, Z happens, then I need to go get a
2: job. I liked that. It sounds like that works for them. It does. The only thing I wanted to know was the house chores. So now that they have an agreement and she has more insight or more security on his finances, where does she stand on the house chores? maybe next week we'll get to that. Okay. Kevin
1: brings up Keisha and they show it and the after party and the 40k that Noi said that she needed him to have for her to feel secure. Noi quickly backtracks and said that it wasn't the number. She just wanted him to be stable and have saving and knowing that he's responsible enough to do that she's good. Kevin asks how big is the bank account and we don't get an answer. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I mean, what is he supposed to say? I mean, he okay. kind of gave an answer, kind of. More than 40K, we all know that. <laughs> so, Kevin um says that after their budget conversation, Noi chilled. Did you catch that? Because I must have missed that. I don't, the budget conversation seemed so bare and I don't, I didn't get the vibe that she chilled. She was still concerned. So (laughs) I'm
1: like, there's a bunch of conversation that happened after filming was done. I don't think we saw any conversation where Noi chilled.
2: Yep. And he asked what made her chill. Steve says that he showed her that she, he was financially responsible and reassured her, gave her a plan, showed that he had investments. He invested in crypto, He invested in that. I'm like, okay. So Kevin asked Noi if she feels comfortable now. And she says she does. And it took her a while but she's in a place where she fully trusts what he tells her because he has followed through on everything that he has promised. I wanted to be like, duh, because I've just been saying, like, I understand because she doesn't know him, but give him a chance to be untrustworthy before you get to that point. But I don't know. Nothing about Steve seems like he's shady, but who knows? So they ask about children. Noi says three is still her ideal number, but there's flexibility, and they'll probably start having kids next year. They show a clip where Steve meets with Siracha. and she's grilling the fuck out of Steve and quite frankly, I thought she was kind of rude. Yes, because she was rude. Because at some point, she was clapping at him.
1: I, I, I'll say this. I wouldn't want Siracha for an in-law. Uh, based on what we've seen. Way too interfering Yeah, And I'm like, do you calm down when the TV show is gone? Because this is clearly like, you know, I want my 15 minutes. Or is this just like how you are all the time, constantly in your sister's business?
2: I'm inclined to lean towards the 15 minutes because I just kept wondering, okay, so did she move to Boston or is she flying in each time for this? Oh, see, that's the other thing. We are we sure that Sriracha doesn't live in Boston? We don't know. I don't because okay. she said she moved for a boyfriend. So I don't. I didn't assume that any other family member moved with her. But Sriracha was a constant presence. That I'm like, either you're getting those miles or you live there too. But I'm not a fan when they bring siblings randomly. I mean, when they brought Michaela's sister last time, that was just odd when they brought honestly when they bring random guests i just i don't want to guess i don't like guests on after party i don't like guests on here just get the people who are involved when they brought pastor dwight like just stop with all the randoms there. and if we we're gonna bring a sibling let's bring michael's sister for more insight I, I don't know
1: i'm trying to decide if i like the guests or not or the siblings
2: i think i just like drama so if they're gonna come they need to like bring something <laughs> say when it feels put on like i don't feel like sriracha added anything to it i mean she just kind of gave insight and it, and it just made her seem like a meddling in-law i felt a bit i don't know but then kevin tells us that the internet has gone wild for sriracha so Ooh, i just where? need i just need to find that corner of the internet because i didn't i didn't know that but, um, I was like, yeah. I says... mean, You're
1: on Twitter. I'm on Reddit. I'm like, people have, I mean, people talked about Sriracha when she appeared on certain episodes, but
2: yeah,
1: <clears throat> this is like really bothering me. But I feel like Paige's friend was more of a celebrity than Sriracha.
2: Uh oh, I was like, who's Paige from Atlanta? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Yeah, I don't know. I that that's just what they said. So Sriracha says that their marriage is cute, but even when she says it's cute, it sounds like sarcastic. Yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, I mean, they still don't know each other well, like a normal married couple. I That's rude. I, maybe it's just me. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it was rude. I, Very unnecessary. And then she's like, they don't know how to effectively communicate with each other like, you know, learn to communicate your feelings. And just because you're talking politely, just because you're not yelling, doesn't mean that you're not being condescending. And I'm like, straight up shade to Steve. Because, you know, no, he's not saying anything. And she explains that Steve says stuff like he's saying you're stupid and that he knows that he's not exactly saying stupid. And I know, Aid, you've mentioned in the past when they had that whole conversation that he could sound like, like a whole paternal tone, like sounding like he's talking to his child. But I I feel like Steve has to talk that way because Noah gives him nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So he's choosing his words, trying to be respectful of her, but also stand his ground on his feelings. So how else is there to sound? So I don't know. I I felt like I I didn't care for Sriracha's appearance on
1: this episode. Nope. I couldn't actually believe that someone would talk to their sister and her
2: husband like that. I could not believe it. It's under the guise of, you know, when they say you're keeping it real, but you're not being nice about, I don't know.
1: I don't know. Is it your place? Like, I don't doubt that what Sriracha said was true, but yeah. They're in counseling. Like, that's something for the counselor to say. You aren't, you're not a, a neutral third party. Or you yeah. can say it to your sister, you know, uh, quietly, together, not in front of cameras. But to come on the reunion and say, well, you are condescending and you don't, like, didn't really feel like that was a, an additive.
2: Yeah. Also, just remember, didn't Brett's sister come on the reunion, too, or something? It's just random. It's always so random. I think that's my issue. I mean, yeah, Ryan's true. sister. Ryan's sister I did but the one I met them
1: yeah (laughs) yes Ryan's sister was so into their relationship and when I say their relationship I mean how her her brother looked on TV
2: Hmm. (laughs) she was really really into it sorry (laughs) so Kevin says he thought it was beautiful when she shared the story of wondering if she was a burden to her mom I'm like Kevin did you hear what you just said how is that beautiful use a different adjective but then you know she starts tearing up and she explains you know her thought process towards that and she's just grateful for her parents and then they end by saying that they're just going to enjoy each other and live an adventurous life together and that was that then we have Lindsay and Mark who they saved for last on purpose I think because you saved the best for last (laughs) and by the best I mean the most entertaining (laughs) And Kevin starts with their wedding. They start playing the positive parts at the beginning of their marriage when he stood up for her. Lindsay said she felt so connected to him at the beginning of the honeymoon. They play a clip of her wanting to leave many times. And true to Lindsay never taking accountability, she says it was just really hard to adjust to Mark because she didn't know which Mark she was going to get. There was the off-camera Mark that was attached to his phone and the on-camera Mark that was marked a shark what she meant because mark lost his spark like two days after the wedding yeah (laughs) so what was mark the shark on camera the man was just trying to survive (laughs) um he says it's not true that he was on the phone a lot but then he stopped because he saw how much he bothered her and how much it triggered her he says and a lot of what he did he didn't talk back was because he was trying to avoid a lot of the tit for tat that was going on Kevin asked Lindsay if she can now own up, you know, to the things that, you know, she did. She casually says, like, you know, she said a lot of things she regrets. um, And Mark says there were times he could have spoken up more. Kevin straight up asks, why did they stay together if they were so toxic? (laughs) That's what Kevin asked the questions that we are all thinking. Lindsay said he supported her and they were a team. And Mark says that the last week he saw a glimpse of what things could be, and he's had situations where he's moved on from relationships, and then he found out like, you know there were there were they were good for him. So he didn't want the chance that he could lose someone that was potentially good for him. At this point, I don't know if you noticed eight. Mark was leaning all the way out away <laughs> from Lindsay. I didn't notice. I was like, he just wants to jump over I was that like- couch and get away from this movement. <laughs> Mark, yo, 45 degrees, you're about to fall over. Just sit comfortably. (laughs) I think it's one of those things where your mind is taking over your body. And your mind is like, get me away.
1: Get
2: me away. Oh my god, that was so funny. But in case I didn't mention earlier, I just thought Mark's suit the color was so fire. It was so good. Like I just like the green and it looked good on him. Just wanted to put that out there. So No surprise when Kevin asks if they're still together that they are not together. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Mark tells us that they both worked on the house to get it ready and they had nasty fights and they had more fights and then it was just done. He was done. Lindsay says it was Mark saying that he's not sure after she rented out her place and the person was moving in and he threatened to change the locks and kick her out and charge her for rent. (laughs) Um, Dang, what did I say? What did I
1: say? He needed yeah. her to fix up the house.
2: You I did listened, say that. I did say that. <laughs> you did say that. Lindsay did say that too. Um, I was like, you're not, you might You might have a point there. Um, I do have to say in the beginning of the season, when we talked about spoilers and I was trying to avoid them like mine, like minefields. The one thing that I, I did see was um, Lindsay put her wedding dress up for sale. So that was the only thing that, I mean, it doesn't mean anything because, I mean, why wouldn't you make money off of it if we were not attached? But that was the only thing that made me think. This was before I knew the disaster that they were, but that was the only thing that made me think they were not together. So, um, Mark says that when Lindsay tells a story, she doesn't tell it accurately or correctly, and that she's skipping out the entire fact that they fought all the time, and when they did fight, she went straight for his throat. I believe that. Then they start talking about something about Instagram and that she told him, I'm guessing this was the thing on decision day. Okay. That's my guess. I don't know. And that she told him that she will come for him and he has been picked on a lot in his life. And he places Lindsay at the top for the way he's been threatened and bullied. Now I hate when reality show people use the word bullied, but honestly, I think it's apt in this case. We watched it. (laughs) Yeah. We watched it.
1: And when she said, oh, he said he was going to like change the locks and blah, 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 blah. That is not how that argument started. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he said all of it. I would love to know what, what led context. up to him saying all of that.
2: Yeah. There was context. But Lindsay has to place herself as a saint. So Kevin says that, yes, she was there for him, but she is a fire starter. And she goes, that's fair. And he asked if that was fair to him. And she says she told them that she needed a strong man. Um, part of why she fell for Mark was that he always used to put her in her place. And I was like, is that accurate? Uh, no. I mean, I guess so. I don't know. He said he didn't speak up, but I don't know. Anyway. So she says that he said that they were staying together, not splitting up. But then she finds out that it was only for the seven days that she helped him refurbish the house. (laughs) And then I heard your voice in my head and I laughed. And that she says she believes that he was using her. And then she tells Kevin that, you know, she wrote something down and she wanted to be clear about what she wanted to say because she gets flustered. So then Lindsay brings out this letter and she starts (laughs) listing all of the things that she did for him and saying with things like, I helped you clean out two generations of clutter. Aid, my jaw hit the floor. Like, it's one thing to have a fight with him, but you're bringing his family indirectly into this in a very rude way of saying two generations of clutter. What in the fuck? but, But this is why I
1: can't... I believe she cleaned out two generations of clutter. And... Mark is like, oh, I don't know. Mark accepted
2: a lot of help from Lindsay. Because if she did, if he didn't, the next thing is going to be she he shuts me out. And also you forget that Lindsay's one of those people who likes doing things for people to hold over your neck. So she does enjoy doing it. But it's a terrible thing if he doesn't. Because the few times that he'd be like, I'm not used to having people around. I can figure it out myself. She made a big stink about that. Okay. I didn't think it was me to say two generations of clutter. I thought it was just an honest description. I think it was me. There's something about there's honesty and there's just like a time and place because you're just involving his family and it's very unnecessary. You could just say, like, I helped you clean out a house that had a lot that needed to have a lot of work done. There's saying two generations of clutter. She's taking a dig again at how messed up his life is in his family. Like, he didn't ask to be born into that. I just, I don't know. It was, it was, it was of poor taste. And okay. then she says, You're now earning the highest salary in your life. And I made your life better. I gave you- This is where I was
1: like, she was trash.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I made your life better. I tell you guys how sometimes when I'm watching, my husband walks by, this was what it was this week. He walked by and was like, (laughs) he turned around and was like, what? Like, who is this person? (laughs) And then she said, I gave you the Lindsay effect and the Lindsay magic. I can't say that my life is better from knowing you. You did not bring much to the table. I, I, I think I tuned out. I, I lost I lost life for five <laughs> seconds with this letter because I can't believe it because, you know, this is six months after. you know, before after party, you know, you haven't seen what people are saying yet. you haven't watched everything that you've done. You've had time to watch the word of the day with self-reflection. You've had time to reflect. And still the choice that you made was to write a letter still full of digs to take shots at a man that you're not even with anymore. Wow, Lindsay, wow. <laughs> wow.
1: That letter, and the way she read it, she wouldn't even, like, look at
2: him. No, you know, she was just reading. It was, yeah. it was it was, amazing. I was cringing. He gives her credit and says, I can say that she did some of my life, but just because you did all that, doesn't wash away also all the negative things that you did. Basically saying that you may have given me the Lindsay magic, but you also gave me the Lindsay voodoo because the bad juju was also there on me. Because, I mean, who's not to say that he got married to her and then all of these life things happened to him? Um, I, I will
1: say I don't think Lindsay brought any destruction to his life. But except for the job loss thing, because that was the show. But that was the show, not really Lindsay herself. Yeah, I think all of these things would have happened to him, even if Lindsay hadn't been there.
2: We 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 won't know. <laughs> we <never> so, know. <laughs> Lindsay said he cared more about being liked by the men versus being respected by his wife. I think I agree, Lindsay. <laughs> <It's> true, <laughs> and then, and then Lindsay dropped the bomb that you know she just moved to Cali and is renting a condo. And says that, you know, she just does better without her family and a place with no snow. And then Kevin asks, you know, why she moved. She had a good job opportunity, but she says she really values intellect. And, you know, California provides her better pickings at a good man. And Kevin asked if that was a dig at Mark. Because it was. (laughs) It was. Everything. Lindsay's whole line of communication around Mark is digs. (laughs) Because... Boston has a strong, um, what is it? Pharmaceutical company? Like, I mean, just like Cali has um, tech, uh, yes, tech and all that. Boston has its own industry. They're smart people. Like, it was just, what are you doing, Lindsay? It's
1: taking stupid digs at bark. Also, and, and also, classist digs at Mark.
2: Yeah, it's just if you were so great with the intellect and pickings, how did you end up in maths? Like, how were we skipping all that? <laughs> like, I, I, okay. It's a
1: pattern for her though. Like, I don't know if it was in like an extra scenes or something where she was talking about all the great guys she had dated before Mark and how they were some of the smartest people ever. And they were established. They were this and they were that. And it's just like, yeah, but none of them wanted to keep you. So like, I, it, it was such a weird way to take a digs at Mark is, her talking about previous guys she dated, the intellectuals of Palo Alto, like weird.
2: I mean, the thing is, Lindsay doesn't think her shit stinks. So there's really nothing, there's a thin line between self-confidence and delusion. I, honestly, I envy delusional people. You can't tell them nothing about themselves. So um, anyways, Kevin asked if it was a dig and she was like, and then he asked, are you trying to say that he doesn't have intellect? And Lindsay doubles down. She says, no, he doesn't. And uh, again, my jaw is on the floor again. And she doesn't stop there. She's like, I mean, I'm not used to being the smartest one in my relationships. And oh my God. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Mark. Mark is just like, thank God I'm done with this. And he didn't say anything and all that. But Mark is, you know, his trauma has been being bullied and all that. So she's probably just a walking trigger for him. So. She says she's been dating and she met someone she really likes. Mark says that he's not dating. He was in fitness for 15 years and he's trying to pivot to a new career and he just passed the firefighter test. I'm like, hit up Gil. Maybe you guys can get something going. I was confused by that because I thought he
1: was at Chick-fil-A.
2: So I was like, what? Yeah, I I thought he was going to say that, but I'm sure Chick-fil-A is probably just an interim job. Okay. While he figures out, you know, what he's going to do and just have something going. And if he gets the firefighter, then he will probably get in sometime this year. And if he does get in, he will be the third firefighter in the math series. That is true. So. Fourth. Who's the... Wait, Jason, Gil. Ryan from Boston. Ah, uh, yes. That is true. So, um... Kevin asks, any chance you guys will be friends? And Lindsay's like, Nope, I have no desire to have him in my life. I'm like, oh my God. And Mark is still trying to say something. I'm like, Mark, if she says she's gonna be friends, to you say same and keep it moving. <laughs> like, even if you don't mean it, just put your head, hold your head up high. So, anyway, Lindsay needs to figure out why she needs to always have the last word and why the last word always has to be mean, because I do not understand this whole situation. But that was it for them. And then we get a preview for next week. And um, I guess we get the experts. And we get Alyssa saying she's being bullied. And we see Mark crying. And I uh, can't wait.
1: It seemed like lots of dramatic things are going to happen next yeah. week.
2: Mm-hmm. So, Aid, who has your bouquet this week? Um,
1: Steve, for
2: just being
1: like the most chill. How can your sister-in-law sit across from you talking about your condescending and you just calmly reply very nicely?
2: (laughs) Steve should be a politician, really. I don't know how he chooses his words, but he chooses it very well. Who has your bouquet this week? I think my bouquet is going to go to Michael. I think he handled himself well. I mean, they're exes now, but there wasn't seem to be any bad blood. Like Even when you could tell he was really mad about the whole aggressive thing. The whole we broke up because of one argument thing. (laughs) He wasn't disrespectful about it. He wasn't like, you know, salty about it. It was still kind of a cool thing. So, and I also think that Michael had the most growth on the show. Okay. Who has your burnt ashes? Alyssa. I mean, who else could have them?
1: She should have apologized. Even if she wasn't sorry, she should have been smart enough. To apologize for saying terrible things about another human being for no reason that he wasn't what you ordered from the McDonald's drive-thru.
2: Yeah. Who has your burn ashes? Oh, Lindsay Lindsay, motherfucking Lindsay. I just <laughs> could not believe this man is already your ex. You've already decided to go separate ways. No need to dig or push the knife even deeper. Like you've said your piece many times over. We watched it, like. Just let it be. Just choose peace and let it be. No, she's still fighting. Still fighting.
1: (laughs) Alright, guys. That's it for this week. You can find Tane with Nana on the rewatch. They will be back on Wednesday, May 25th with new episodes covering Season 5 of Sex in the City. So go find them. The rewatch. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at altar that's A L T A R C A L L M A F S.
2: Yes, guys. And we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening every week. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And next week will be our final episode for the season, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with us through the season. And we hope you come back for the season finale of it all. Well, on the podcast. Very general podcast. And we hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye.